Who can set the court on fire? Keep us burning with desire. Who can bring another title here? Who can thrill them, chill them, make them jump up and cheer? Only the Bulls. Only the Bulls. Only the one and only Chicago Bulls. The now one and one Chicago Bulls as of this recording here on the Sports Cubicle with the marvelous one, Dan Marver, Devin Tingle, Paul Shivari, and myself, Mike Mercado. When you hear this on the Sports Cubicle Sunday night on WCPT, the Bulls will finally have their home opener against the dreaded new look Donovan Mitchell-led Cleveland Cavaliers. And it is going to be the season debut of Zach Levine and to kind of talk a little bit of what we've seen and kind of the storylines now in this early start of the season it's the marvelous one Dan Marver who we all know over the last few seasons that we've done this show scouts and coaches and watches high school college and NBA all over the place not just on the television going a crazy he is in these gyms he's watching these games and marvelous you have gone an overdose of basketball the last few days what have you seen what have you noticed the last few days with Ayo Dosumu in the starting lineup no Zach Levine the last few games DeMar DeRozan picking up where he started in the beginning of last season and Zach Levine's return this season opener at the United Center. What have you seen for the beloved in the United Center? Well, I've noticed the absence of uh, Zach. <laughs> we re really need him back, not to be a poet, but <laughs> uh, the the thing is, is that with uh, DeRozan carrying the team, it's, their offense is too predictable. I mean, Vukovic got 24 last night with 32 for DeRozan. It's amazing he's able to score that much DeRozan when He's obviously the focus offensively. And their defense needs to improve a little bit too. And, and Washington's not a great team. And so, which is a common theme if you think about the NFL too. But in any event, uh, <laughs> and we didn't never even really talked about the commanders. But in any event, the uh, that's a team they should beat even on the road. But it will be nice to be fully, fully staffed again. And the fact that ball is out is not helpful either. So I expected a lot more offensive potential but they don't have all the uh all the wheels in place right now so they're still struggling a little bit uh on, on both ends of the floor so hopefully they'll be able to work around that and uh and uh, make some noise here in the first half like they did last year and just for anybody who's joining us for the first time this season for the Chicago Bulls, anytime they want to get their sports news, both nationally and locally, right here on the Sports Cubicle. First of all, follow us on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV. We're going to do our best to always break down and recap the games that lead into Sunday. There's going to be times where a late night Saturday game, especially in the West Coast, or a Sunday game that parallels against a Bears game, whatever. It's going to be a little hard when it comes to Sunday games or Saturday games, but that's why I want to give the heads up because right now for this conversation, I kind of want to take a look for the next few weeks. Let's say the next two weeks where I think the Bulls can tread water and you and I haven't had this conversation into the season, but the Eastern Conference is really tough. I talked about it last week in a recording where it right now, if we're just making bets that the Bulls at their best, if everything is equal, if everybody's healthy, a six, seven, eight, nine, ten seed in that range. But if you're seeing from DeMar this level of play still, if if Lonzo is able to come back, if Io is the truth. And this is my big takeaway that I, I've talked to this about many people who come on the show is if the is not, not just hitting, 
but attempting two, three, or four three-pointers a game, it might adjust your rankings, but just seeing where the Bulls are heading into the first few weeks of the season and where the Eastern Conference is, how confident are you that they're going to avoid the play-in? Well, last year, their first half is what avoided them not making the playoffs and possibly the play-in. They actually didn't have to do that. We thought that was very likely. And and we're talking about the, you know, the Sumnu. I mean, the guard play needs to improve. I mean, he scored seven points last night, and Caruso scored three, white 10. So, I mean, you need to get a little bit more. Against Washington. Yeah, you need to get a little bit more uh, offense uh, from the guards. But uh, I I think that they'll be okay, but I, I'm just a little worried about their offensive production right now. So let's let's speak about we're not going to have a necessarily a game recap against Cleveland this Saturday night at the United Center, but let's just say it plays out long term between these two teams, these two competitive teams. First of all, the the central this division is really good. If Detroit's the bottom tier team uh, of this division, it's a good stacked little. The Eastern Conference is completely stacked, but where do you think the Bulls line up against? The Clevelands. Let's let's just do it really fast. I'll, I'll give you my my kind of rough takes of where the Eastern Conference is. You have Milwaukee, you have Brooklyn, you have Philly, you have Miami, who obviously the Bulls beat, but a team that has all the talent. You have Boston, Atlanta. You have the Bulls somewhere around there. Atlanta. Uh, what about a Charlotte if they get Lamelo back? What about the Knicks? The Knicks believe they're in there. What about Orlando? What about Detroit? Cleveland, obviously, I think is actually a top-tier team. Where do the Bulls kind of rest around there? Can they compete? Is it? Is it? Are we just drinking the Kool-Aid that this team can actually be a top five, six seed? Well, I, I don't think they're going to be ahead of the Bucks yeah. <laughs> or the Celtics or the 76ers. So that, that maybe puts them on the border of having a home court, but I think Atlanta is a rising team too. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the Nets, it's hard to really gauge how they're going to do. But uh, I mean, the Cavaliers, I think that they match up pretty well against them. So I'm thinking they should be a top eight. I mean, I was hoping that they could be a top four, but I I look at, like I say, the Celtics and the 76 of the Bucks, even the Hawks uh, and the Heat. I mean, those those are all teams that the, the problem is, is they weren't able to beat those teams at all last year the teams that, that ended up ahead of them. So that's something they need to work on too. They need to to play better against the better teams, obviously. So I think, and this is just, you know, pure speculation and whatnot. If a healthy Zach is on that court against Washington, they probably win that game. I think it was interesting to see Miami kind of play down to where the Bulls are. Miami's an interesting team though, with Tyler Hero and with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and Kyle Lowry. And they have some interesting things going on over there. So I can see their season going so many different directions. But what what I want to see for this Bulls team the next few weeks is this Zach Levine thing. We didn't hear about it throughout the entire offseason. And apparently this is just going to be management stuff. And I get it, right? This Bulls team ran out of gas last season. It just, it happened. Yeah, they played a better team, but they didn't have anybody. And we're still waiting to see what happens with Lonzo and this injury that was taken care of all the way in January. There are NFL players that are torn ACLs back in January that are getting ready to play back this season. I know it's different sports, different abilities, but it's just that idea of that's now two injuries on this team that have kind of been really weird. 
come out of nowhere. And I don't want to harp too much on on that in the sense of like that we don't know how severe they are. We're not yeah. in these dudes' bodies. It's just something I wanted to point out. Yeah, this is where I wanted to go ahead, Marvelous. Yeah, I was gonna say it reminds me all uh, kind of like a hockey upper body injury, Corey Crawford. So yes, it's like yes. you know, there's no. It's like it lasts too long, and there's got to be another explanation because it shouldn't take that long. No, and, and and we've seen it around all sports. But again, each body is different. Give them the benefit of the doubt of that. But it's just curious why this happens. This is really why I love having you on when it comes to basketball. Patrick Williams, look it. We're taking our time with Justin Fields. There's a lot of X factors and circumstances that go on. Second year, dude. Patrick Williams was the fourth overall pick. He is now, again, he lost the whole season last year, but we're going into these seasons now where you're, you're determining if you're going to give him an extension like they didn't do with Kobe White. And he is not being aggressive out there. Now, he might go off against Cleveland as of this recording and put up 30 points and put 20, you know, like rebounds and become Will Chamberlain all of a sudden, right? Like, I don't know. But from what I've seen, it's more of the same. And this Bulls team, in order to be special, not good, not great. Special. Need him to be special. Absolutely. He's got a they, their weakness was actually rebounding, and uh, against Washington, I believe he got exactly one rebound, <laughs> seven points. So, I mean, that they, that that's and, and Drummond is going to help with that too. But uh, I thought that uh, that was their weakness last year in the paint, and particularly as I always mention against Milwaukee, it seemed like they were afraid to go near the basket. <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's so it's funny kind of you bring that up. Right. Well, yeah. here you talk about the rebound and special specialty, and I want you to stick with Patrick Williams for a second. But bringing in Drummond is going to help out that deficiency, and bringing in Dragic is going to help out with the three point deficiency, which also killed that Bulls team. But back to your thoughts on Patrick Williams. Yeah, I, so he's a key, like as you, as you mentioned, he was a high draft pick, and and he's got, and we were expecting more of him than what we've seen so far. And uh, it was hard to tell because of the fact he was injured, but. Assuming he's 100% now, I, he's got to contribute in the rebounding, and particularly, and, and score some, but the rebounding is where they really need the, his, his help. And, like, look, it, there are going to be guys that got to eat on this team, right? Like, Vooch needs to eat. DeMar needs to eat. And, obviously, when Zach gets back, he's got to eat. I think it would be beneficial for this team to have Patrick Williams coming off the bench. I'm not here to question Billy Donovan, but here's my thinking of it, right? If I had the controllers of a PlayStation or Xbox playing NBA 2K, why Patrick Williams would be coming off the bench for me? Because that he can eat. Then the offense is going through him. Then he's the special guy on the court for that unit, defensively and offensively. There are too many big dogs, too many alphas on that starting lineup of this Bulls team, whether they win 60 games or 41 games. Too many alphas on that starting unit for Patrick Williams to become this dude, become Kawhi Leonard, which, you know, baby Paul, people got to already temper their expectations and just hope that he's an NBA lifer. But that to me, that's the thing. And I'm sure Billy Donovan has his reasons. There's some metrics for it. But what do you think about that, Marvelous, as a coach, as a scout, somebody who loves the sport? He should be with the twos. Right. That, that's a good thought. I mean, their lineup yesterday for starting was the Rosen, Williams, Vukovic, Caruso, Desumnu. So when Zach's back, uh, what do you do? You put Drummond for the time being as a starter? I mean, you got to have another, you know, another guy at the forward slot. And, and actually, when they have their regular lineup, 
They seem to be a little undersized at that spot in the past. So they've got to have either Drummond or Williams at the forward slot because DeRozan and, and is is a forward, but you know he's more of a, a you know a point forward, shall we say? <laughs> right. And don't forget, Javante Green was yeah. in the running to be a starting the starting power forward for this Bulls team. It's not during this preseason. So I think maybe that was a lot more just to see if they could uh, light a fire up the butt of uh, Patrick Williams. But that is also something to look into. Billy Donovan is not afraid to mess with this lineup, I don't think. I also believe that there is a lot of prove it this season. So I don't know. How long do you think the the, the proverbial leash, the the metaphorical leash is on on Patrick Williams? Well, I think I think that this is a a a, a, turn, a fundamental year for him to prove himself. If you make the fields analogy, second year, in the second year you've got to start to prove yourself. And Green is also an undersized forward at six five, so I, I want some more bigs in there. So I'm going to stick with the. You got to have a big in that spot because uh, you know they're going to have their troubles against certain teams that are that are have some big forwards, shall we say? So I, I like the idea of of having either Williams or Drummond at that spot. But in the long run, it, I think that, you know, get, depending on the matchups, they're really going to have to pick up their pace a bit. And Williams is a key, no question about it. They, they really are going to be counting on him for production this year. So I'm looking into not only this season, but the next season is looking forward. There's a unicorn, that French kid coming into the league. For all Bulls fans hoping that you're going to be in the lottery, the Bulls don't even have a chance to be in the lottery. They don't have first-round picks, so you can stop thinking about that. Mm-hmm. I think for the future, I think now you know Io is your either starting point guard when Lonzo's not here or the leader of your second unit, so you have that taken care of. So now you know Kobe White is the expendable one. I hope for Kobe's sake so he can make his money, he can get his bag, he's able to help the Bulls out this season, be a good part of the second unit, hit three-pointers, be an offensive dynamo coming off the bench. And Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see the Bulls next year. Let's say if they go into the season A, six or below playing team into this offseason, right, into this postseason, do you move Vooch? Do you move DeMar? There are these expiring contracts. Who is the next disgruntled A1 star? Look at DeMar at 32, 33, 34, still a great player. But you didn't get DeMar at 25, 26, 27 in San Antonio. You weren't Mm -hmm. fortunate enough to do that. You didn't have the regime to do that. So you have to start thinking about the next star. And you're going against Giannis. You're going Mm -hmm. against a Donovan Mitchell. You have everything that's going on with Harden and Embiid. You have Durant and Kyrie. You have Lamelo and Jordan building whatever Jordan's building down there if they get the number one overall pick. And that's even including all the craziness in the Western Conference. Yeah. But, I mean, there's it, it, it's interesting to see how this can all turn out just based off of playoff runs. Sure. Well, you're right. I mean, still it's still early this year, so let's oh, not yeah. go to 23-24 yet. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think – I think this is a homestand coming up where they finally get home with the three games, Cavaliers, Celtics, Pacers. That's really going to tell us a lot because they're going to be home in front of their friendly crowd. And, and other, you know, the Celtics are going to be the toughest of the three, obviously, before they go back on the road for the Spurs and then they have the 76ers at home. So these teams that they haven't been able to beat, the, the, the top-tier playoff teams, we need to see them start beating them because 
if they manage to get into the playoffs, they'll be facing them, and they have to set the tone that 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 the other teams can't just you know walk over them. I felt like the Bucks felt that way. I think that's why the Bucks lost the game. It was like you know uh, we we can beat them, uh, so you know whenever we want to. So that's not the kind of attitude we want the opponents to have. <laughs> I think it's fascinating that this entire season, for the most part, is a prove it. Because the league is so deep. There are bad teams, obviously. But there are a lot of teams out there that believe, well, we can we can make a little run. Maybe not win the title. And the Bulls are right there. And there's a lot of teams that are going to be up in the air throughout this entire season. And we have to see how this lineup looks all together. All together. Even when you get Zach Levine back. You still haven't got Lonzo back. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be really interesting to see this entire season. And I think that's the key word. Whether we're talking about this season, this stretch of games, next offseason, the Bulls are interesting. And for too long, they weren't. And it's something you and I have been talking about since last year. It's just great for the town, for our industry, for the league, that the Bulls are relevant and interesting. Now the job of AK and Mark Eversley got them to a championship tier. That's it. But it'll be fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) But with that, we're going to be breaking it all down the entire season. It's going to be a fun one. So many interesting storylines. So make sure you're staying right here. Follow us on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV. For the marvelous one, Dan Marver, Devin Single, Paul Shibari, I'm Mike Mercado. Keep it tuned here to the Sports Cubicle on WCPT 820 AM.